faster than expected. Abrupt climate change and the consequences for us and other living beings on our Earth. No one should be alone in the greatest challenge of our time. Thanks to Laura Upshaw for African Drum Dance on YouTube. Here's your host, Wolfgang Werminghausen. Welcome everybody to our 20th episode of the Faster Than Expected podcast. This interview with Jürgen Hornschuh about living with animals should have been part of the 19th episode, Worldwide Connected Burden on Other Species, but we haven't been able to connect technically. So we recorded it afterwards. I'm sure it is worth an extra episode. Jürgen is born in Germany and living in India in the town and ecological and spiritual community Auroville. He's working as a farmer and a librarian. He talks about the language he's using to enter a relationship with animals. The Indian attitude towards animals is affected by karma. Jürgen says they surrender in the necessity of pain. Links to Jürgen's website and the previous talk with him you'll find in the show notes. xwer.de fte20 xwer.de slash fte20 Please enjoy to listen to our wise guest. Now I want to talk with Jürgen about living with animals. I'm glad that we we have a technical connection now it was not so easy the last days now we we have it and we we try to use it now since some years Jürgen is living in India in the small town Auroville there he's working as a farmer and librarian we had a talk in the 16th episode of faster than expected podcast One question is, how does working as a farm and living with goats and other animals change your life? Hi Wolfgang, thanks for the opportunity to add a few words to the conversation. Um, yeah, it really proved challenging to um, log in at the right time and uh, get connected to UNS. Uh, but, um, It's okay to do it this way. Um, I, I really appreciate that I can add these, yes, these thank uh, you words from, from my perspective. Um, I'd also like to add to your question or in reply to your question that we have an organic farm with the, within a spiritual commune, mm. which is not at all comparable to industrial agriculture and how things are done there. I think that organic farming and uh, industrial agriculture are actually two very different uh, activities um, that only can be uh, seen on the same level if you only look at the details like uh, keeping animals or planting uh, food crops. But apart from that, they have nothing in common. Um, our animals are part of the family, which means we have a symbiotic relationship with them and it's not the kind of exploit and then throw away situation of a typical uh, cow centration camp. Um, to come back to your question, um, 
On a physical level, my work is, of course, completely different from anything I ever did in my life as a wage slave or as a self-employed retailer. Hmm. It sort of reconnected me with the realm of true life, basic needs and interaction and so on. Um, and this this element in our lives has, has been largely lost. I can say that because I go through the experience of regaining them, finding finding them again in my life and, and finding a place for them in my life. The work takes some discipline, um, kind of expect Kevin to know uh, very closely because as much as you would sometimes would like to leave the boat, jump ship, mm -hmm. uh, you can't. I mean, he has the physical barriers, like there's a vast ocean, yeah. um, and I have emotional barriers, which I, I cannot cross. And so, the, so the lifeboat. <laughs> in the case, you've got to be there. Sorry? The lifeboat. <laughs> yeah, you've got to be there mm. day by day and uh, event by event, whatever happens. You know, like I wake up at three o'clock in the night and then I hear some of the animals are shouting, um, having some sort of distress, like there is a predator in the cage or uh, someone stepped on their toe. Whatever it is, I, I go there and look. I can't say... Um, Oh no, it's nighttime, you know, it's time of my sleep and uh, my working hours are long past. Mm. Um, there's also no space for, so it's, it's a very di direct uh, thing and there is no space for electronic gadgets and complex ideas. And uh, one, one element that's also important from my perspective is we are used to throw money at a problem. Like one thing is missing and you go into the shop and you buy what you need. Mm -hmm. um, but that's not possible here. You, you cannot throw money at a, at a problem, an animal, or you have a, a, have a problem with an animal. Um, you cannot throw money at it and be, make the, the animal behave as you would like it to behave. When you meet their need, that's their currency. And so becoming aware of what the need of the moment might be, I have to be with them, meaning I have to be with them very often, repeatedly, and also mentally when I'm there, I have to be present, fully present with them um, to understand what's up. And, and by that, I learned the expressions, the, the sign, the body language, and um, and I learn to communicate with them. So it's not like I, I can say, okay, this twitch of an eye means uh, means the word so and so. Um, and uh, if they if they blink with the eye, it means I'm hungry. That's not. It's not as direct as as human language. Um, it's it's rather some intuitive um, kind of communication. And it's it's not so. It's not. Uh, coherently the same way all the time. Uh, the same sign mean, may mean something different in a different co uh, context. Mm. So um, it's, it's just a matter of intuition, I think. And uh, by being together, the animal also learns what I'm up to. Do I understand them? Am I ready to meet their need? 
um, or am I just, you know, uh, rejecting it um, or, or not understanding it? So, um, so I'm entering into, into a mutual relationship with them, which means I acknowledge them as people, as characters, as unique personalities. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not all that complicated and you could compare it to, to moments when people understand each other without words. Mm -hmm. Everybody has that. Where you have a, a best friend or a partner, and and you know you don't have to speak. You know what the other person is thinking or what they want to do. Like in the in a good rock band, um, the guitarist and the drummer know exactly their their timing, and and uh, so we like to refer to this as magic moments. But that's really just because language has so removed us. I mean spoken and written language has so removed us from our original state of consciousness mm. and from the things that truly matter. And um, it, yes, in a way, of course, it's magic because it's not rational, um, but it's not special in, in, in the sense of it's, it's a rare thing. You can have that every day. So I highly recommend people to, to consciously enter, enter in into close relationships with someone whose psyche is not fucked up by civilized thinking mm -hmm. and by thinking in, in uh, linguistic terms. Um, and and that very rarely. When I mean, when do you? When are you able to get in contact with a wild person with a rival human? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to find them anywhere, and so the only people left uh, that are sort of un, unspoiled, well, mostly unspoiled, our, our animals are available to us for, for this purpose. And let yourself just for a minute feel the sorrows of another being and you get an understanding of, of the heaviness of the burden that's, that's really hanging around the world. This, this civilized madness Really, to me, it's a, how should I say, it's, it's a, a mental disorder, derangement even. And um, I, I don't know how, how else to, to, to get rid of this. This is something no shrink can, can ever heal. And for me, the, the way out of this madness is to, to reconnect uh, through beings that are less, um, let's say, less uh, impaired by it. Um, to, to add to the conversation that you had with Kevin, I think mm. the, the fate of the biosphere is depending on us because we are the dominant species yeah. or rather dominant culture because it's not humans as such, it's our, our culture, civilization that is, is fucking up the planet. And therefore we have to, we have a relationship for, for a responsibility for for the well-being of, of everyone else, plants, animals, ourselves, of course, um, for the pain and the suffering and the survival of everyone else in this world. And it's just like we do have a responsibility for our children and for our pets, mm. or to, to phrase it in another way, we have a responsibility for the captive children and the animals that we domesticate for civilized use. That's what we do. 
with our own species even. So uh, I, I hope this somehow answered your your question. I, uh, I went off a bit, I guess, mm. but um, yeah. <laughs> yes. I hope I got the point across. Thank you very much for for your uh, touching and impressive words. In Western industrial Western agriculture, animals are a product of uh, a kind of thing. Is there a different way to view animals in India? Yes, certainly. Um, there is a funny story told by Arnold Dadler about uh, a calf's extermination program um, that an agricultural minister of the German Green Party has set up to curb an outbreak of BSE, I think it was in oh, yeah. 2001, I'm not sure. Oh. Um, and there were 400,000 cow babies to be culled, meaning killed for um, health issues, mm -hmm. um, potential health issues even. So it, it was just to, to stop an epidemic and um, most of these cow babies were not actually sick. Mm. So in India, there were people and organizations who thought about how to save those animals from their pointless death. You know? mm. It's like, you know, there's the civil war in some uh, foreign country and we think about how we could help these people. The Indians were thinking about how to help these animals yes. that we were mindlessly killing. Mm. And um, why that is so... I only it, it was actually your the, your question that um, that brought me to to some um, understand, deeper understanding of it. I think uh, we've been talking about this earlier. So I think to understand Indian way of seeing animals, one has to look into karma, and karma means that the depth of your insights and gain through your lifetime. And by the extent at which you are putting those into practice, those, those insights, that defines the situation into which you are going to be reborn. Mm. Because for Indians, life is, does not end with death. It, it doesn't start with, with birth even. It's a, an endless cycle. And we come back and we come back again and we come back again. And the way we are, or the situation into which we are reborn has to do with our um, understanding and behavior in the previous life. Mm -hmm. And you can be reborn as a demon, as a god, as an animal of some kind, or as a human. And that means that animals are regarded as relatives. That expresses in language, like here in Tamil, we, we call a young female animal papa, a younger sister, mm. or a young female animal. A young male animal, a tambi. A tambi is a younger brother. Mm. Um, Indian philosophy has it that physical pain is a normal, natural phenomenon. Like um, we have our nerve endings, and they serve to they, they help us sense the world, see the world, hear the world. So the same nerve that is um, feeling the texture of um, the surface of, of some book or, or piece of clothing can also sense the, a pain which is just an increase of 
of intensity of the same impression. So pain is a normal natural phenomenon. It happens to everyone and it cannot be avoided. So it doesn't matter much if we beat a cow or help a calf or keep a calf from having its milk. Mm -hmm. um, because so it goes hungry. <laughs> um, because this pain is, is a natural thing. And our duty in our karma as living beings is to understand that this and to surrender to its necessity, the necessity of pain. And to understand it and to, uh, to understand this necessity and to surrender to it means you do your yoga. If you don't, then you suffer psychologically. So suffering and pain is, is different, but suffering is in your own responsibility. You cannot avoid pain, you can avoid suffering by understanding the need of pain. And that, so as long as we suffer, we, we cannot leave the wheel of rebirth. We are, we are caught in, in that wheel. Mm -hmm. At the same time, all life is yoga, which means a search for the divine or the ultimate um, conscious or however you want to call it, search for God, whatever. And therefore, we must not interrupt the search. We must not cut a life short. I mean, we can do that, but um, it, it has an impact on your karma. Mm -hmm. That's why people have no problems with heavily beating a cow, but on the other hand, really... Um, make efforts to save its life, no matter how miserable that life is. Uh, and I have a funny story about that. Just a few days ago, I came to the house of my uh, Tamil sister here, and uh, there are two hibiscus bushes standing in front of her, her door, which were a donation from a good friend of ours, a gift. And... Um, the flowers were full of blister beetles. And the blister beetles are eating the flower. Mm -hmm. And um, so I told my sister, you know, you see the you see the beetles there, I just pointed at them. And she said, hey, what shall I do? They are hungry and they need to eat. And we can't just go around and kill everyone. So that's their understanding of um, or their, their view on animals, it encompasses the domestic animals as well as the wild animals. And um, of course, this is going away as the more India is getting industrialized, um, but it is still present within the country folk. So, yeah, that's how I. How to perceive this um, uh, funny relationship that Indians have with with animals? No, no. I see we we can learn learn very much from the Indian attitude towards animals attitude and towards to life. Animals. And thank you for for your thank you for insightful for words and uh, for your metaphors now, now I see you with with a goat rock band and a, a lifeboat <laughs> <I'll see. laughs> 
with, with your brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters. Thank, thank you very much for for this thank, talk. Thank you very much for, for this talk. We we might. Yeah, thank you for, for having me on the show. We might continue uh, and this continue talk in, in December when we are in Germany and uh, the um, technical connection might be a little easier and better. Easier and better. Yes, let's say then. And um, thanks for having me on again on the show. And it's, it's always a nice thing to talk to you. So bye, Wolfgang, and uh, see you soon, maybe in December. Okay, thank you and goodbye. Okay. Bye bye. Faster than expected. Thanks to Laura Upshaw for African Drum Dance on YouTube. If you like my podcast, please write a comment and give me a like on SoundCloud. You'll find a link and more information on my website xwer.de/podcast. Take care.